Welcome back to the Mega Bros Podcast. I'm Donnie. And I'm Danny. And Danny, today we're going to talk about a subject near and dear to our hearts, and that subject is the Patriots' playoff wins. We've been really following the teams since, you know, probably we were kids. I mean, you know, mid to mid to late 90s, you're somewhere in there. And for the first few years there, uh, it, it, it was not a, this was not a good team. This was a team that you might say uh, sucked big hairy donkey balls as a franchise. Yeah, uh, borderline embarrassment team. Uh, if you really go back uh, and and look at some of the you know their best players and the history of their games for the longest time, the only thing that we had going for us was some offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, and great that John Hanna is the greatest offensive lineman of all time, and I will argue this point, but uh, more to the to the point and more to the entertaining thing because nobody tunes into a podcast to hear us talk about offensive linemen. No, they just don't, unfortunately. The only thing the Patriots were known for prior to. Tom Brady showing up, believe it or not, and Bill Belichick was getting their asses handed to them by the 85 Bears, because the 85 Bears absolutely murdered every single team they faced, except for that one Dolphins team, because, I I don't know, some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really just wasn't fair to us. Yeah, so, you know, that's really where the franchise was at up until, you know, 2001, when Brady took over the starting job, and Belichick went off, and, you know, they became the greatest team of all time for 20 years. Which is and not an arguable point, by the way. Like that is clearly exactly what's happening. Yeah, that that one is put to bed, uh, and the playoffs are now our birthright. Yes. So you know, we we took a a, a mild vacation because Belichick had stuff to do in January last year. But you know, this year they're 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 looking up. But I, I think for right now, in the middle of you know end of June, early early July area here, we're going to look at some nostalgia. Going to go back and talk about our top ten Patriots playoff wins um, in the last let's, let's say twenty years. Um, you know, full disclosure here, we weren't really around and paying attention to football enough to really count any of the other games. I think, you know, you, you do want to put in some of the, some of the more famous games that we had, like the snowplow game against the Dolphins. Um, you know, that's always hilarious. Uh, you know, and certainly there's been like a couple of underdog wins here and there, but really the Patriots playoff history starts in 2001. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone that's going to argue that. No, and then that's exactly where our is going to start. It, it is. And you we got so we got plenty of games to talk about here. We got some honorable mentions. I mean, the first thing I do want to throw out there, like obviously there's a lot of these fans out there, but uh, the Patriots have never had like a, a like a good playoff game against the Steelers. Like they've just beaten their asses behind the woodshed, and that's been about it. Yeah, you know it's funny when we were kind of talking about this list and putting it together. Uh, in my head, I thought, okay, I, when was the you know when was that last Steelers game? Because every time I think about going against the Steelers, I remember the week leading up to it and, and all the, you know, talking they did back and forth. And the Steelers are a team that runs their mouth. And I just, every time I saw the box score, I was like, oh, okay, that one wasn't close. They destroyed them. That was an easy win. It, <laughs> the Patriots just own, more specifically, Tom Brady just owns that ass and they almost never lose to the Steelers. Yeah. It, 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 the one time they did lose to the Steelers, they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year anyway. So, I mean, really, the <laughs> it works out. Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, for anyone who wanted a Steelers game on this list, we just we couldn't pick one because they're all just kind of one-sided. Yep, they are. You know, we had a couple of other honorable mentions here too. Uh, you know, the 2014 AFC Championship against the Colts, um, also known as the Deflate Gate game, when the Colts made up a bunch of stuff that you know John Harbaugh told them to say after being salty about you know getting his ass handed to him the week before. Uh, and, uh, you know, while that was an enjoyable game, it didn't quite make this list, but, you know, they really, 
deflated or not, which we all know it didn't actually happen because the NFL did not collect proper scientific data, um, you know, they <laughs> they won 45-7. to seven. Like, I, I'm sorry, the, the Patriots could have beat the Colts with beach balls that day. Yeah, those, <laughs> those games are always so tough when you want to make a list, too, because, you know, talking about the Steelers, too, getting the beat crap eaten out of them, it's just... When it's that when it's that one sided, it just gets boring at the end. And again, it's like everything around that game was interesting. Again, like the Deflate Gate and and what it turned into, and it's just such a big mess. But the game itself was kind of a snoozer. Yep, and that also goes for the uh, any of the Texans games the last few years. Those were all shit fests as well because the Texans really have not been a great team. Um, you know, the the only other honorable mention I want to toss out there is the 2011 divisional round game against the Denver Broncos. Also known known as the Tim Tebow comes back to Earth and gets pounded into it game. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I, got to double check my numbers here, but I think the Patriots sacked Tebow something like six or seven times in addition to hitting him a good, you know, extra dozen. Yeah, yeah. It's five five times he was sacked, and then I, it looks like he was hit a bunch more than that. And you know he ended up, he came out of there with a whole bunch of broken everything's, and they, the Patriots won forty five to ten. It was glorious. I mean, listen, people, you can hate the Patriots all you want, but they did you such a favor in that game because Tim Tebow mania was about to take off, and he was not a good quarterback. That game probably ended his career more than anything else. And you have the Patriots to thank for that. Yep. Tom Brady threw for 363 yards, six fucking touchdowns, three of which went to our, our boy Gronk here. Um, and even Aaron Hernandez got in on the murdering action. Oh. Oh, we said A little it. too close to home, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That's exactly where he murdered people, too. Oh, shit. I did this true. <laughs> oh, we're the worst. Um, oh, but, no. yeah, that was, that was an enjoyable game, too. And the only other one that really comes to mind is the 2006 Divisional against the Jaguars when Brady threw for, like, a 93% completion percentage. And uh, Reggie Nelson, after the game, was like, yeah, well, he's just a game manager. And it's like, my dude, he just beat the absolute shit out of you in the playoffs, dinking and dunking <laughs> down the field. So, weird time to run your mouth, but okay. And talk about, a, and not that it was even good at the time, but talk about a quote that just did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom Tom Brady just managing the game all the way to seven fucking Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no big deal. Give me that game manager every day. <laughs> yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> but, you know, getting into the list here, I, I mean, like, we, we got a lot to pick from. Obviously, we talked about some of our other, our favorites that didn't quite make the list. But, you know, number 10, uh, for me, you know, and I, I, when you brought this one up in the in our little pre-show talk, Dan, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That was a great game. But I had somehow, like, it kind of gets lost in history, I think, because it wasn't a, in part of a Super Bowl run. But the Ravens divisional game in, or was it the AFC Championship game? In 2011, with the with the Billy Cundiff miss? Uh, I think that was the AFC Championship game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Conference Championship. You're right. Yeah. You're right. The Tom Brady Invitational. That's that's kind of the other thing here. This is a this is a running joke that uh that we've had. We probably heard it somewhere, but long story short, we we strongly and completely believe that the AFC Championship should be renamed to the Tom Brady Invitational. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a chance every year for teams to try and beat Tom Brady in his home, and it never happens. Remember, Tom Brady has a better chance of going to a conference championship game in a given year than your quarterback has of completing a pass. That's Those are facts, and that's how we live by. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, it's the absolute truth. But, yeah, that, that Ravens game, I mean, I, you want to talk a little bit more about that? Because it was pretty nuts. Yeah, that that game to me, and I I think we've talked about this, like, over the years, but I, I've always kind of feared the Ravens. And, and fear's a strong word, but they were just the one team that I don't think 
went into Foxborough and was afraid of the Patriots. And I think the Patriots won a lot of games with that alone. Like, oh shit, we're going to Foxborough. It's in January. Tom Brady's across the field. We got to play a perfect game. And obviously they don't. But the Ravens, they just never felt like they cared. They went to every game and said, good luck beating us because we're going to kick your ass. And this was a close game. Obviously, it came down to a missed field goal uh, to send the Patriots to the Super Bowl because whew, that was a nail biter. Yeah, it, re- it really was. And you're right about the Ravens. I mean, like, first of all, like, they absolutely whooped our ass in 09. Like, I mean, that 09 team was not a good team, but. Um... You know, you let Ray Rice rush for nearly 200 yards and Joe Flacco barely has to throw a pass. Yeah, no, you ain't winning that game. Right, and and Joe Flacco, I mean, he just aired out. He wasn't great anyways, but if you don't have to have him mess it up, then you're in good shape. (laughs) Joe Flacco's entire career was how far can I chuck this ball down the field and still draw a pass interference penalty? Like, if you add pass interference yardage onto his actual totals, he's probably a Hall of Famer because he's that fucking stupid and I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand him. Oh my god, I hated watching Flacco ball so much. Like I was just it, like it is infuriating. It's like watching your buddy in Madden that knows like the one cheap trick, and you're just like, dude, can you fucking stop? Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting mad thinking about him right now. Yeah, let's let's move on to the next game on our list, which is the Patriots and Chiefs AFC Championship game after the 2018 season, um, which ended up being a <laughs> I, I like for me like this was just a really enjoyable game because. 2018 was when everyone was crowning Patrick Mahomes the GOAT. Uh, And, you know, first of all, that's the most immature and, you know, reactionary thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, Patrick Mahomes has won exactly one Super Bowl, which, you know, is only one. Like, you know, you you know who else has won one Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers. Bit of a better career there, I would say. What do you you think there, Dan? Uh, Yeah, I think it's, um, I I think the media and... I don't always like to play this card, but the media likes to anoint the next person. And they, they love that story. And Mahomes fit the bill for them. I get it. You know, maybe he's going to have a good career. Maybe he'll win another one if he's really that good. But I just, let's pump the brakes a little bit on that one. Uh, and this game pumped the hell out of those brakes. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like the first half, I think they they were up like, what was it, like 14 to three or something like they could like they just absolutely just shit the bed offensively. The Chiefs did. Um, and Belichick just had the, you know, the game, the game of his life. No, it was 14 nothing at halftime, actually. Yeah, that's right. You know, and the Chiefs managed to score 24 points in the fourth quarter because, you know, they're a bunch of cheap bastards and probably exploited the hell out of the refs and Tyreek Hill should be in a jail, all that jazz. You know, but again, the Patriots got the ball in overtime, and then, oh, look at that. Tom Brady, being the greatest quarterback of all time, takes the ball right down the field, wins the game, and shut up everyone because Patrick Mahomes isn't as good as Tom Brady. And and that's another game that I like because it it uh it really fuels the butthurt out there because all of a sudden the Patriots win another overtime game. We have to change the rules. Oh, my God. It was a huge outcry. Oh, so funny. Like, how how could Patrick Mahomes not even get a touch of the ball? Because it's overtime rules, and he should have won in regulation. I hate that argument. Like it's everyone plays by the same rules, and that's if if Brady lost that way without touching it, I would have been mad. But I, that's the rules. That's how you have to win. I, I I'm absolutely with you there, and I think like you know I, I do want to go out on a limb here and just and just say like I absolutely appreciate the idea of sudden death in professional sports. Like this whole idea that like everybody needs to get to touch the ball. No. I don't give a shit about every touch, everybody touching the ball. You have to play defense as well as offense. If you go and build your team completely around just a quarterback, a tight end, a receiver, like the, like the Chiefs have done in the last few years, you may win a, you may win a title. Like you, And they did. Like Andy Reid got his first title playing like this. Like, you know, Donovan McNabb somewhere is out shitting his pants. 
He was going to do that anyways. Yeah, oh no. Well, last time it was puking on the field, but... Oh, yep. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the the truth is, like, you have to build for both sides of the ball, and that's something that Belichick has done for the last 20 years. Like, that's why the Patriots win games even when Brady's not having a good day. Um, it's why, like, they were remotely competitive in some games last year. Not every game, because... But... Um, you know, the truth is, like, I, to me, like, I like sudden death because, like, you cannot just put all of your eggs in one basket and expect to be rewarded for that. Like, you you need to be a varied and well-rounded team to win a championship. That's the whole point. So, uh, that that's my soapbox. <laughs> the one thing I'll add to that is when they changed it to you needed to get a field goal or, or you need to get a touchdown to end it and a field goal just put you in the lead and the other team got a chance. I agree with that because the way kickers are nowadays and, and some oh, indoor fields and all that. Right, they're out, right, exactly. So just to get it a little bit down the field, kick a field goal and win, felt a little cheap. So I'm I'm glad that they made it a touchdown wins it automatically. I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's good to still let the kickers be like part of the game. Like, you know, getting close enough to do a field goal is still, a, is still an achievement in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that was a really, that was a solid game and it was, you know, offensive explosion and then it led to... Possibly the most, uh, the slowest Super Bowl of all time. Um, <laughs> that, that monster against the Rams, thirteen to three, like Jesus Christ. And in, in, in twenty eighteen, well, twenty nineteen is when it was actually played. But you know, that was uh, <laughs> yeah. that's that one's not on our list, guys. No, to be fair, it's not. I win to win. I'll take the ring. But ugh. yeah, that was that was. I enjoy defensive football, but that was just a fucking slog. But what I did enjoy was the. Uh, the 2006 divisional game against the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers at the time, um, <laughs> you, and really, it's all it's all for one play slash sequence of plays. And uh, you want you want to take this one away, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I am not going to attempt to say this because I couldn't even say it uh, on our pre-talk. But essentially, Marlon McCree had a chance to end the game. He caught a time braid interception, and instead of taking the knee. He fumbled the ball to Troy Brown, who Troy Brown, a receiver playing defense (laughs) on a Belichick team, yes, and also making the game-winning play. He was on offense for that snap, but it still it worked out so well. I mean, like, and the Chargers were talking so much shit. I think Nate Cading missed a field goal at the end there too, and you know. Ladanian Tomlinson was so mad, and like I love, L- I love LT. Like he's one of my favorite running backs of all time. But my God, he was such a whiny, whiny bitch after this. That that Chargers team that whole year was a pain in the ass because that was Sean Merriman doing his like stupid lights out dance or whatever the hell he did. And oh yeah, before he got popped for steroids and never did a thing again. Um, <laughs> which, which I just want to say on the record, I don't care that players take steroids. I think they all do anyways. But just funny that when they get popped for it, and they disappear. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we could we could probably do a whole podcast about steroids and how all this moral outrage about it is pretty stupid. But you know, I, I it, like it, these are professional athletes. If you think they're not putting whatever they can in their bodies to do best, then uh, you, yeah. you've you, you're just not paying attention. No, you're wrong. But, but uh, that, no, that, being that said. game in itself, yeah that that game was just it was just like a, a, a Patriots feel gooder because they probably probably shouldn't have won that game. Uh, let's be honest with you, and they did, and they shut up one of the most annoying teams in recent memory. Yeah, yeah, that 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 2006 Chargers team was probably one of the more stacked teams in terms of talent that we've seen in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, you know, it, it's and yeah, you're right. It was just good to shut them up. That you know, that was number eight on our list. Number seven here. Uh, <laughs> this is one of my really like earliest favorite games from the Patriots dynasty. Uh, the Colts divisional game from 2003 season. Uh, 
Peyton Manning threw three passes to Marvin Harrison that day. He completed the exact same number of passes to one Ty Law. <laughs> Patriots quarterback, Ty Law. <laughs> this is one of my favorite games growing up, and I... Of all the games that probably made me a Patriots fan, like a real hardcore, like forever fan, it, this was this was up there. Um, I just remember the hell out of that, and like I, I watching all the highlights afterwards and hearing like, oh, Peyton Manning fought the law and the law won, and it was just oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah, that that's that still gets me. You know, Chris Berman just shouting that one out at his top of his lungs. I mean, I, I, <laughs> Peyton Manning fought the law and the law won, and I think who was it? Otis Smith, I think, grabbed another one too. Like it, it was just. Manning threw for like one touchdown and four picks that day. It was absolutely glorious. It was just, it was prime Belichick defense, you know, with, you know, you had your Brewski and Frable and McGinnis and Pfeiffer and just, oh, it was just glorious. Like that, that, <laughs> that was really one of those things where like you, that was when you really got the sense of what this Belichick era Patriots team was all about. And that was just punching Peyton Manning in the mouth over and over again. And that, and that was, you know, before Peyton won any of his Super Bowls. And, like, it, that, the conversation was still, you know, Peyton has all the stats and all, like, the commercials, but Brady has the wins and the rings. And, like, that that really just was the antithesis of all of that because it just – it was just, per, like, a, a total team win. Like, defense first, absolutely crushing him. Yeah, Brady didn't play bad, but, like, he, he didn't – he wasn't beating the world that day. But, yeah. Oh, God, that was glorious. But, you know, I mean, speaking of those early dynasty – you know, wins. I mean, like there, we, there were some good ones in those years, but one of the things that really comes back to me, um, on this list, you know, for number six here, I, I, I've got the Ravens divisional. Yeah. We talked about the Ravens earlier and how that's always a nasty game, but, uh, the Ravens divisional game from 14 in Foxborough, um, (laughs) probably like just one of the, one of the memeiest wins, I guess, like uh, that they've had in their dynasty. Yeah. This one was a real, like, absolute thriller i mean i think that at one point they were down 14 points and you know again my my fear of the ravens this one was coming true again they come into foxborough and don't give a crap about who they're facing uh and then totally turned around i mean you even had edelman throwing a 50 plus yard touchdown pass to amandola just unbelievable game (laughs) (laughs) my favorite my favorite story about that year is just that uh is that apparently all week in in practice edelman was like going around to belichick just like icing his shoulder like coach and just keep my arm fresh <laughs> Which exactly is something? It's something he would do. And yeah, they they came back from a fourteen point de- deficit twice in that game. Um, and the other the other fun thing, and you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how this game led to Deflate Gate. Well, that's because the Patriots came up with a goofy formation where it looked like they only had four linemen on. But what was really happening was that like they had a lineman split out, and Michael Omanawanui was um, lined up as an as an eligible receiver. But like the linemen were were lined up so weird that it, it didn't actually look like they were, um, and basically what happened is that it fooled the Ravens on like two like long completions, like you know like ten fifteen yards, and you know they they got first downs out of it because the, it was just such it was such a weird formation and like you know it was just fucking great. But then Harbaugh complained to the refs so much and in. You know, like, to the media, to the refs, to anyone who would listen. And it was the one time he actually heard Brady start talking a little bit of shit out loud. And he was just like, well, maybe they should read the fucking rule book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's such a sore loser mentality. I mean, your team just blew a 14-point lead. It's, you know, Belichick knows these rules in and out. And if anyone's going to put a play in like that, it's going to be him. And that's no disrespect to Harbaugh as a coach. He like John Harbaugh is a good coach. Like they, like he he's probably one of the better ones in the league today. I like I can honestly oh, sure. say that. But my God, <laughs> just 
like, A, shut up, and B, you know... It, the, well, the worst part of this is, too, is, like, you know, he starts whining about how to, how the rules are unfair and blah, 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 and how, like, they didn't follow the rules. Well, you know, the of course, the NFL closed that rule book lo- loophole the next year. So, you know, as usual, the entire league just has it out for the Patriots. And you might say, like, oh, of course, a, bu- a bunch of Boston sports fans are act like the league is out to get them. Well, they are, so fuck you. Yeah, and that's proof, and that's all I need. I mean, the entire Deflategate saga was complete and total bullshit. Like, I we... <laughs> I could do an entire podcast on that, but let's keep it moving because we got a top yes. five to get to here. Yeah, now it's, you thought it was good before. Yeah, no, this is – and some people are going to argue that this game is too low. I am sympathetic to that argument. I don't necessarily agree with it but because obviously this is our list and this is where we're at. But um, I have the the 2001 Super Bowl against the Rams, you know, the, the first Super Bowl the Patriots ever won. Um First off, it was an absolute hell of a game. Like, you you had the Patriots get up pretty early on the Rams, who at the time were pretty much, like, the greatest offense in the history of the league. Like, like you were not finding a game, uh, a better offensive team than this. You know, going to halftime, it's 14-3. to Going into the fourth quarter, it's seven, it's 17-3. to And then the Rams popped off with two more touchdowns and, and got the game tied up. And then you see Tom Brady get the ball back with a minute left and everybody's just thinking, like, you just take a knee, you play for overtime, and, you know, at, at the time, we had never had an overtime Super Bowl before. Instead, Tom Brady just goes out there and just ice-cold, completes balls to Kevin Falk, J.R. Redmond, Patrick Paz, like, the, like these guys that, you know, David Patton, like, these guys that nobody has heard of before or since. And Brady just brings them down the field, gets them down to the into field goal range, sets it up for Adam Vinatieri, to hit the game-winning field goal and give the Patriots their first Super Bowl win of all time. And one of six, we should point out. Yes, never never forget, one of six. Um, th- this game really had it all, and it, it is a shame that it is number five, and if anyone wanted to argue that it should be higher, I couldn't disagree with them. Uh, I think the games that we have above it are probably a little bit more... I I don't want to say exciting or 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 bigger. I mean, it's hard to say what's bigger than this one. Um, but this this kid deserves all the credit it gets. I mean, it started the Tom Brady legacy of you know ice water running through his veins at the end of the game. Uh, it it you know further built upon that. And then Terry's legacy of the same thing with him. Like you you put him you know with a chance to win the game, he's gonna nail it every time. Uh, and you know, again, defensively, they, they slowed down what was the greatest show on turf, and that gave Belichick his legacy of a defensive mind coach. It was just legacy-defining. I'll, I'll say legacy like five more times if you want me to in this sentence. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's just a, a really important game to what the Patriots wind up doing. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the only reason why it gets kind of like – why it kind of goes down in my memory a little bit here is just because, like, they, they ended the, the Rams – era there like the whole greatest show on turf thing was was done after that year um and it, which was too bad because it was a really enjoyable team to watch but you know marshall falk is still somewhere just claiming that we have all their tape from Packers because we knew exactly what they were doing <laughs> Talk about <someone> being salty. <laughs> right um but you know kind of go keeping in with that theme uh, the our number four on our list here is going to end up being the, the panther super bowl which was a bizarre game in any way you slice it it was an absolute defensive slugfest for the first 28 minutes or so. And then yeah. all of a sudden, both teams were just like, oh, right, you can actually play offense too. And went off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That game was unbelievable. Like, it just, out of nowhere, like, points scoring left and right. Yeah, not a single point scored in the first or third quarters. 
but the end of the the, the, the score at halftime was fourteen to ten. Like like, let me read you this box this box score in, in quarter two, three minutes and five seconds remaining. Dion Branch five yard pass from Tom Brady. One oh seven. Steve Smith thirty nine pass, yard pass from Jake Delhomme. 18 seconds left. David Givens, five-yard pass from Tom Brady. Zero seconds left. John Casey, a 50-yard field goal for Carolina. So within three minutes, you had all of the scoring in that game thus far. Then nothing till the fourth quarter. Then fourth quarter, you know, at 14:49, you got Antoine Smith with a two-yard rush for the Pats. 12:39, Deshaun Foster comes in with a 33-yard rush for the Panthers, but they fail in the two-point conversion. Musa Mohammed comes in with the, with the touchdown, an 85-yard pass from Jake DeLome. It was nuts, but they missed the two-point conversion again. 251 left. Patriots legend Mike Vrabel with the one-yard pass from Tom Brady, <laughs> and the Patriots converted the two-point conversion with a Kevin Falk run. Uh, and then minute eight to go, Ricky Prohl catches a 12-yard pass from Jake DeLome. They kick just a regular extra point this time to tie it up. And with four seconds left on the clock, yeah boy, Adam Vinatieri. 41-yard field goal, confetti rains down, the Patriots have won two Super Bowls in three years. Just an unbelievable game. God, I'm getting so excited just talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It really... I just remember like Steve Smith being like a baller in that game. He was awesome. And even like Jake DeLome, who has never done anything since, but he was awesome. Like there, it was just a really good game. I don't think any team necessarily played bad and you just, you know, you end it the way it always was with Brady with the ball at the end of the game and gave him and a military chance to win it. Yeah, it was that was an absolute fantastic game. Um, <laughs> it's just it's one of those games where you're just like that is that was a great game, even though it was a lot of scoring. You can't say that the defense has played badly. Like you just had like world class players make up world class plays. Yeah, just a really entertaining game all around. And now we're gonna get into our top three here. Number three, this game, another one might be a little low for some people. Um, you know, really, honestly, this whole top five can you can probably be changed around any way you want. But uh, I've got the Seahawks Super Bowl again in two, from the 2014 season. Uh, Patriots win 28 to 24. I believe there may have been a play towards the end of the game that may have uh, gained some notoriety at some point. Malcolm, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and the ball is intercepted by Butler. Oh my God! God. Oh, it was that, a, oh, so good. That was the single greatest play that I could think of in my entire Patriots life, and I, I'm sure there was like maybe bigger plays or some more. That I jumped out of my seat. I lost my mind at that because if you remember, right before that, Golden Tate caught that stupid dumb catch out of nowhere oh no and, yeah it was jermaine curse yeah that that fucking like tumbling spiraling uh, like somehow managed to catch the ball before it hit the ground after like it got batted by like six different dudes yeah and, and i'm just thinking giant super bowl all over again here we go like another loss because of a dumb last second circus catch here we go and for some dumb reason i'll never understand it Pete carroll decided not to hand it off to one of the better running backs in the league and he let them throw the ball and it was intercepted by Malcolm Butler. <laughs> now let, let, let's let's also just take the slightly reasonable take here. Slightly, the play before that, Dante Hightower like threw off Russell Okung and took down uh, Marshawn Lynch with one basically one arm. Like we found out, like his his uh, his labrum was completely torn after that game. So you know they they did try to run and failed because Dante Hightower is a is a god among men. But. I, <laughs> 
the you know you, you want to talk about like the analytics and stuff and like you know there's all sorts of ways where you could defend passing the ball on that on the one yard line there and and you know if you want if you want to make that call I'm I'm fine with that I'm sympathetic to it you know I, I've seen some football analysis myself I, I get it but the Patriots absolutely had that play sniffed out like you, there's footage in practice of Malcolm Butler practicing that exact play and you know getting his ass handed to him because like he needs to like crash harder on it like he's he's not going hard enough and you know there's even a point where like Brandon Browner like tells him like get to get in there and oh god like that that entire play like is just an iconic play in the history of the NFL let alone the Patriots but the other thing that this kind of showed me that this game and the Seahawks had a chance to re- to be the first repeat champ since the 0304 Patriots, which would have been impressive. But it really brought me back to Pete Carroll is a good coach, but Pete Carroll is not a coach that turn you know is going to build you a great team in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pete Carroll is a guy that can take good players and make them great. Pete Carroll cannot make you chicken salad out of chicken shit like Belichick can. And like Belichick did because, you know, those 0-1 Patriots were, were chicken salad from chicken shit, believe me. And and looking back at this game, too, I, I think I'm overstating this a little bit, but I think it's one of their more, uh, one of the most important Super Bowls that they've won. And it's hard to say that for a team that's won six, but if you look at it at the time, they had won three. They've been, you know, sniffing around another one for a while, but they lost two Super Bowls to the Giants. If they had lost this one, and, you know, assuming nothing else happened, what if Brady ended his career three and three in the Super Bowl? You know, three wins, started off great, but then they never made it again. It's He's probably still the GOAT, and, you know, he'd still been to six Super Bowls, so, like, let's give him some credit there, but... Three and three just sounds so different than what six and two or seven and two now, whatever he is. I mean, it's, I don't know if he would have the argument for goat anymore because Montana would still have more than him. Bradshaw would still have more than him. And, and granted, nobody's sitting there thinking Terry Bradshaw is the goat quarterback, but Montana was always like the standard when it came to playoff success for Brady. And I don't think you can guarantee that. Okay, like oh, well, we won. The, they won. Even if they lost the Seahawks Super Bowl, they're going to win some more after that. A Super Bowl loss leaves a big, big, you know, mark on you. I don't think you recover from that right away, and especially the way they would have lost that one with that crazy catch at the end. Like, at some point, no matter who you are, you've got to say to yourself, like, what do I have to do to win another one? And I, I think that was a kind of important Super Bowl for them. Yeah, I, I agree with the importance of that one. Honestly, like, I do think, like, because the other thing you can't really deny, too, is that, like, Belichick has always made use of free agents as a as a general manager in a slightly different way than most teams do, because Belichick has the cachet to get very talented guys to take less money or, you know, a more team-friendly amount of money than other teams do, because he can sit here and say, I'm Bill fucking Belichick. You come with me, I will be, I will give you the best season of your life. Like... You know, and and I think that's what this what this win really set the stage for was the later later part of that here. So, um, you know, overall it was just I do think it was a really important game in in, in this dynasty and really for the second half of the dynasty. Agreed. So we get we got two left on this list here. Um, you know, number two, there's a there's an argument for this one at number one, obviously, but like I I you know to me like the. It's it is one of the foundational games. It's literally the first playoff win of the of the Brady Belichick era, the snowball, uh, the two thousand one divisional game, the last game played in the old stadium, and it was snowing, and uh, it was against the Raiders. You know the Raiders, the Raiders. You know that just win baby bullshit before Al Davis completely lost his fucking mind. Um, 
<laughs> Fun fact, Al, D- Al Davis was born in Brockton, Mass., so Al Davis is basically a Patriots fan by proxy. Oh, that's a fun fact. I mean, that game was just insane. And, you know, for anyone who wanted to put the Rams Super Bowl higher, I mean, it almost wasn't even the best game of the season because this was a unbelievable game. And you talk about all the kicks that have ever been made in, like, NFL history. The the Adam Vinatieri kick in this one, I, I still don't know how he got that one. Like, as soon as he kicked it, you couldn't see it. It was completely covered in snow and everything, and it went through. Yeah, the entire, like, just the entire game was just, like, it was a complete mess, and, like, the whole tuck rule thing, and that's what it was known as for a while, you know, it's the snowball if you're a Patriots fan, if you're the fan of any other team, it's the tuck rule game, right? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, ends up going into overtime, you know, Brady managed to hold onto the ball just barely, and, like, he'll even sit there and tell people these days that he thought it was a fumble, too. I mean, let's be honest, that was a fumble, and they very rightfully changed the rule, uh, after that, because that should have been a fumble, and I'm not going to complain. Yeah, they they changed the rule like in like 2013, and I think the Patriots actually ended up on the butt end of it in like 2011 against the Jets or something like that. It was somewhere in that era, but yeah, it was one of those rules that never quite made sense, but uh, it, it worked for us, so I was fine with it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the game that launched the dynasty, just like... It, it, especially like as a Pats fan and like, you know, as a Boston sports fan at the time before our teams got good again, um, it, it was the type of thing where you're like, oh shit, our, one of our teams like actually is good this year. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so it was, it, it, it really segued into the greater Patriots dynasty, which was obviously amazing for a lot of reasons. You know, we're, we're coming to number one on the list and we're coming to the end of this list here and really what ends up being our favorite game and you know unfortunately dan's mic just cut out so we'll have we'll i'll have to take this one solo but the 2016 super bowl against the falcons the 28 to 3 game a game where tom brady truly established himself as the absolute greatest quarterback of all time you know the patriots got their absolute asses handed to them for the first three and a half quarters of the game like you know i mean just being down well, at 21 to three at halftime and then having to come back and like, it's still being 28 to three because you know, that Atlanta offense was completely nuts. And you know, even when they did finally get to score that, you know, they finally get, they get down the field and you know, the, the Falcons are still going. Julio Jones makes just this absolutely insane acrobatic catch. Like still to this day, like one of the most amazing catches I've seen in my life. And you know, honestly, like th- this game from day one, just completely. I, I like. I, I love this game. It, it. I really thought that we that you know it was a complete loss. I think at halftime, like I went into the bathroom, and was just like like swearing and angry and stuff. Just didn't want you know like my my wife and my daughter to see all that nonsense. You know, and then they came back. They pushed it to overtime with you know like some you know a couple of two points and tossed a white, and he's in it. Touchdown! Patriots win the Super Bowl. And it's absolutely just fucking bonkers, the entire thing. So, um, you know, the, this this game really, to me, cements the legacy for Brady as the GOAT. And, uh, it, you know, obviously they'd go on to win more. He'd go on to win more. Um, you know, his playoff wins with the Buccaneers have been pretty great. But this, to me, was the best game the Patriots ever played in their entire franchise history. So, so yeah, to go ahead and uh, we'll recap that list real quick. Uh, number 10, we had the Ravens AFC Championship game for the 2011 season. Uh, number nine, the Chiefs-Patriots uh, AFC Championship game in 2018. Uh, number eight, Chargers-Patriots in the divisional round uh, in 2006. Uh, number seven, the Colts divisional round from 03. 
Number six, the Rams Super Bowls in 2001. Not the one in 2018. That one sucked. The number five, we get the Ravens divisional round game from the 2014 season. Number four, you have the Panthers Super Bowl from 2003. Number three, you have the Seahawks Super Bowl from 2014. Uh, number two is the famous snowball game the in the 01 divisional round. And number one, greatest game of all time, the 28-3 game, Falcons Super Bowl. Patriots win 34-28 in the first overtime Super Bowl of all time. So um, for that, I'm Donnie. Danny's disconnected, but he's doing good. And uh, this has been another Mega Bros podcast.